Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I am so excited today to be talking about a topic that I've been teasing for probably almost two years since I started the podcast, all about journeys and how to do them effectively. I know this is a really hot topic that everybody is torn about and has their own opinions. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest. Tell me your name, your council, the size or grade level of your troop, how long you've been a troop leader, and so on and so forth. All right, I'm Lisa Schrammick, and my council is NorCal Council in the San Francisco Bay Area and beyond. It is Humongous Council. Uh, the troop that I lead currently is three cadets and one senior that's regular and one senior that pops in and out. Um, I've been a Girl Scout since I was in second grade. That's a total of 45 years. <laughs> I was a scout all the way up until I graduated from high school. I was a college scout, um, dread it all, I forget what it was called, but basically I worked with a variety of troops in the area because I was mostly still in my home council. I went to a nearby college, and so I was sort of an outreach person to a variety of troops with some of the skills that I have. And then after I graduated from college, I got a teaching credential and again, stayed in the area, so I was useful. <laughs> I started working with more troops and a friend who needed help with her troop because her husband was going to need to leave, leave the area for a job said, oh my gosh, I, you're the perfect person. You could help me with my brownies and then you could take over my troop. And I, being the crazy, insane 20 year old, 20 something year old that I was said, sure, and did. And thankfully I was in an area where I had tons of sport and tons of previous leaders and tons of people to go to for help. So I sort of did training and troop at the same time and oomph, and it was amazing. So I stuck with it. And then when I got married and went to the East Coast, I did in and out of various troops because my husband went to seminary. And so there was a huge population of people that we were associated with. And some of them had girls and Girl Scouts. And so I got to hang out with their troops and be a specialist and things. Um, I have a degree in education and a degree in theater. So useful specializations. <laughs> and I helped and worked with them and then came back to my home council again and started working at the day camp as the theater games person at day camp and I've been doing that ever since as well. I had a kid while we were in seminary but so by the time we got home to the home council she was ready to be a daisy girl scout and I took over her troop and just kept going and now I have another kid who is 10 years younger than that first kid. The first kid is a lifetime girl scout and out and doing her thing in the world and continuing to help me at day camp and then the second kid is a senior Girl Scout about to bridge to ambassadors and just about to help me at day camp. <laughs> so I have been doing a lot of things for a lot of time in a lot of Girl Scout places. 
along the way, I got training to be a trainer. And that was in the NorCal Council. And I helped with the service unit team. I've been a brownie grade level and a senior grade level specialist consultant, both for NorCal and then also for what used to be Santiam Council up in Oregon and changed over to Girl Scouts, um, or, ah, boy, Girl Scouts, Oregon, Southwest Oregon, Washington, ah, I don't know what the name of it is, but anybody who's in it will know the name. <laughs> and um, just basically worked a lot with a lot of different ages at a lot of different times, but my passion is the older girls. I love the older girls, the ones that everybody goes, oh my gosh, they're so crazy. I'm like, yeah, they are. That's great. I love it. Let me add them because they're so fun and they're so creative and yeah, they're so crazy. So that's my thing. I have so many things that I want to ask you about, <laughs> about that path that you've been on. But I think we'll save that. Um, if you're listening to this episode right now, then I just want to assure you, with this much Girl Scout experience, of course we're going to bring her back for um, <laughs> another episode where we dig into her actual um, Girl Scout experience and what she's learned and um, her proudest moments and all of that good stuff we usually do. But I do want to talk about journeys. So with 45 years of Girl Scout experience, you've seen quite a lot of changes and developments and additions and oh, yeah. scrapping of Girl Scout programs. So in this current version of the program, what is your favorite part or your favorite aspect? I think my favorite aspect of journeys is the fact that they're super flexible, that they are basically designed for the girls to lead. Um, unlike the badges where it's I, I've heard it described as one and done, um, and it's not anymore, but it still feels a little bit like that. The badges have a distinct track. You need to aim for this target, and they're more flexible than they used to be, but they're still, they're still a straight line. Journeys are exactly that. They're this, well, I love the image of the roadway that's given in some of the fronts of the journeys where uh, I think it's the brownie journey and the, and the no, that's the brownie journey. They're trudling down the roadway and there's various paths that you can take and there's various directions you can go and there's options and you can really say to the girls, okay, we're starting with this, but if we go on a tangent, we go. It's all good. As long as we're getting the basics, we've earned it. The books have what's called uh, the adult books, sorry. The adult books have in them what's called a snapshot. And it's this big page where it says session one, this is what we're doing. Session two, this is what we're doing. And it gives you an overview of those sessions, but it specifically says sample sessions. Sample, not given. Here's your outline for it. Now go to it because you're going to have so many different girls when you do this with so many different backgrounds and so many different opportunities in your area to customize and so many different parents 
and grandparents and aunts and uncles and you know you get the picture of all these people that you can go to teachers whomever that you can say hey we're doing a journey about this do you have any knowledge that you could share and of course you have heard the rumor that so and so knows a whole lot about interactions and social time or media and media influencer and you're you know sneakily using that rumor to go to that specific person and going yeah so media influences yeah and of course they go blah blah blah, blah, blah. and you're like yeah so my girl scouts are doing this thing and they would love to talk to you well you've hit on this thing that this person is into so now you have the opportunity to take that path with the girls and some of the girls are going to be into it and some of the girls are going to be sitting there wiggling on their chairs and falling up their chairs and because mm, you know some girls do and that's okay it's all okay because even the ones who are wiggling are taking it in and even the ones who are looking like they went to planet nine you know they didn't actually it's going in the brain and it's going in there and it'll come out at the oddest times especially especially when you let them wander and take those tangents that they're into. You've got a kid that asks the question out of the blue, go with it. Oh my gosh. The, our breathe journey was like that. It was, we happened to hit the breathe journey in the middle of summer, just sort of randomly. Um, because we needed, we had done some stuff during the school year and whatever, but we needed to finish and we needed to do a couple of more things to feel like we had really talked about the subject and I'll be darned a week before we were supposed to sit and chat about this and talk and what have you and do some air sample testing, which sounded like a really cool hands-on activity to all of them. The fire started. Wow. Talk about interesting air sample testing. Not only did these kids get super into this, but one of them started investigating masks and just went crazy with it. She was online. She was talking to people. She called the fire department. She just, she went tangent nutso. And it was awesome. And every kid in the troop was like, wow, that's cool. Wait, tell me that again. I got to write down. Now, which mask are we supposed to get? Because why are we supposed to get that? Now, what's good about this? Now, what's wrong with this one? because it mattered. It totally mattered. Yeah. Um, I love this whole thing you have about letting girls embrace these tangents and helping them embrace these tangents, because that I agree with you is my favorite thing about journeys where, and that's why I feel this has the longest term impact on girls compared to the other aspects of the program, like um, badge workers. Mm -hmm. I mean, selling cookies, uh, not that those things aren't important and not that I don't like them. Of course I do, but this is journeys give girls the opportunity to a get really fired up about something and yes. B to learn things that are going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. Now, this girl, if she continues to live in an area that is prone to fires and um, damaging air quality and whatnot, that, these are things that are really going to stay with her into adulthood that are going to affect her parenting. They're going to affect every, of all of her relationships. And, and that's really powerful. She did a summer program with the fire department, learning how to be a junior firefighter. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. She just, I mean, it sent her in a direction big time, big time. Okay. I love all of that too. And I think those are all good points, but obviously we know there are people listening to this, especially since I teased it in a Facebook group. There are definitely people listening to this 
who have very strong opinions about journeys. There's also some new leaders listening to this that have never done one and don't know what the heck they're doing. So why do you think people hate journeys? Because they look like school because they look like textbooks from a school. And it's really easy to get landlocked into answer the question, write it down, move on. Um, I have a unique benefit that I don't know how many people who are still doing Girl Scouts have. And that is that I actually did the original training for Journeys when Girl Scouts was first issuing them back in 2011, 2013, 20, whatever. I don't remember when Journeys came out, but I was leader. And I, I do think it was 2011. I, I think I, you were right. I think it is 2011. Studio 2B ended in, two, in 2011. So my theory would be that Journeys started right around there. And, you know, Journeys in a lot of ways came out of the Studio B, girls asking for more, more control over their own program, but leaders saying, hey, girl control is great, but we got to know what we're doing. Um, and so the Journeys, I think, were developed to be a mix of that. In fact, pretty much know they were developed to be a mix of that between the leader saying, okay, I have an outline for this. I have a direction. I have a way that this can head. I can get it back on track if everybody kind of takes the tangent and then comes to a crashing halt. Um, you know, we just turn the page and move on. It's all good. I think though that it's very easy to see a book that has, here's the question, here's some empty lines for an answer and think, oh, I should be sitting with this like a classroom does. And here's your book, ask the question, write the answer, move on. Or even here's the book, ask the question, have a short discussion and move on. And I distinctly, distinctly remember being told because it made such an impression on me. Don't just stick to the book. They were very clear on this. And this is a trainer that was coming from GSUSA. And she was like, it looks like a textbook, but it's not. These are discussion topics. These are open-ended topics. These are options. You have the list of three goals that you need to meet. Meet the goals, but the ways in which you meet those goals are going to be flexible because you're all going to have different girls. You're all going to have different approaches. So when you have the breathe journey with its aware, alert, affirm, you have a whole variety of ways that you can make yourself aware and learn about what's going on with the planet and how you breathe and wind and forests and all of that. And then you have a whole bunch of different ways that uh, I'm grabbing for the alert that you can um, make a, that you can make a difference, that you can change things and make an impact on the planet. And then you have a lot of different ways that you can affirm this and take action and, and get out there and create your own method of change or, or work with someone who is creating a method of change, but in a way that you make unique to you. It's not a, it's not a black and white process of options. It's lots and lots of gray areas where they're giving you lots and lots of options, but it's okay if you add your own. 
It's okay if you don't do all of them. It's okay if you do all of them. And the daisy journey, I think a lot of people, because they start out as daisy leaders, they start out with, with the littles and they look at these daisy journeys and it is kind of open talking about the petals how do we talk about the petals and you'll see on girl scout leader discussion uh facebook pages people going how do i do this one well what about this well what are options for this one that's exactly it you got 25 options you got 45 options you got 97 options and they're all correct they're all great if you are aiming for that pedal if you are aiming for respect authority and you're aiming for respect authority in some way shape or form then you're doing it right then you're okay i think we're used to being graded we're used to being evaluated we're used to be we're our work evaluates us our schools evaluate us we evaluate ourselves we're used to be somebody saying is it right or is it wrong it's sometimes harder to move out of that mindset and say, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Because we're looking for yes or no answers. And the journey answer is sure. Why not? So I do think if you're a new leader, <laughs> this might all sound okay. Or if you're a leader who had just hasn't tried journeys yet, this might all sound okay. Like I get where you're coming from. I can acknowledge what you're saying. However, if I have no education experience and I'm a brand new leader, so leading right. kids is, this is a first for me, then how do I know when I'm ready to try to embark on something that is this ambiguous? And how do I know when my girls are ready? Well, the nice part is it, it's this mix of ambiguous and direct. So um, my first thing would be make sure you have the adult book, the book that goes with the journey. Don't try to lead the kid unless, unless you're open to it, unless you're like, oh, I can totally lead a journey from the kid's book. I'm good. I've done this a million times, or, you know, or I have a background that totally lets me do this. I'm comfortable. Whatever. You know, again, it depends on you. It depends on you as a leader. But I find if for newer leaders and for people who are starting out or people who don't have a background of saying, oh, yeah, no problem. Just, you know, give me this stuff and I'll and I'll do it. It's much, 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 much easier if you get the adult leadership book that goes with the journey, because there's a million things in it to help you do this. Um, it, literally, you flip the pages to the table of contents, and you've got 80 pages worth of how do I do this. And almost every book has about 80 or sometimes more pages, some, sometimes a few less. But there's a lot of pages in these in the adult books where it's like here's an idea and here's an idea and uh here's a sample session here's a sample session with five different things you can do are you totally lost here try this um you know don't throw yourself in the deep end without a life preserver and this adult book is definitely a life preserver i'm you hit the they have sample sessions flip the page and look at the sample session and say what am i doing well you can literally do the sample session out of the book and it's a good session and i would say you know you do the sample session out of the book and you be willing to listen when the girls raise their hands and say something about it and half the time you go wow i'm that's a great idea so-and-so, but um, we're going to address that later in the meeting or yeah, make sure you wash your hands after, you know, I mean, 
half the time that's what the hand raising is for. But half the time the hand raising is, hey, I've got a tangent for you. Let them go on the tangent. Let them do that because the girls will take that part on for you. They have no challenges with this. It's rare that you have a whole troop of girls where one or two of them don't start the tangent parade. Um, you know, and sometimes, yeah, they get totally out of control with it and you have to rope them back in and hello, we actually need to finish sometime tonight. You know, but usually you can say to them, hey guys, these are all great. And, um, you know, will somebody write these down for me? Because, wow, we got some great stuff going on this year and here we go. You know, it's totally good to get the adult book. It is your adult map for the journey. Like I said, sample sessions for every single piece of the journey you can in as the journeys as the kids get older with the journeys the journeys become less specific so i can totally see someone who's a new leader who's say a junior leader looking at this and going oh wow uh now what because yeah it's not gonna give you it's not gonna give you do this, do this, do this, do this. But it is going to give you all the sessions. And you can look at the girls and say, okay, the session coming up next time is uh, dream catchers. And that's the wrong level, but it works. And it, we would be talking about dreams and doing an art project related to dreams. What do you guys want to do? You know, and, and nine times out of 10, they're going to go, yeah, let's build dream catchers. One time out of 10, they're going to go, you know, we built dream catchers at camp for the last four years. Is it possible we could do like, I don't know, a bed curtain or something with those, the filmy floaty material? Ah, hey, that's cool. Are you guys up for that? How many people want to do the bed curtain? How many people want to do the dream catchers? How many people want to do both? How many people want to do, no, I'm not asking that question. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys want to do? And you look at them, they'll have a short discussion. They'll come up with probably they, you often will arrive at five of us want to do curtains and three of us want to do dream catchers. You go, okay, so how much time do we want to set for this? Half an hour sounds good. Great. Okay, we're going to do both projects. And now I know that I'm getting materials for five of you to do a curtain and three of you to do dream catchers. And I will have that for you at the next meeting. Great. We know what we're doing next time. Moving on. People know how to do that. They, they do it with work. They do it with their kids at home. They do it with dinner. They do it with all kinds of things. So, you know, you've got this outline for you. Totally use it. Totally use it. Do not ignore the adult book. And, and <clears throat> yeah, I've seen lots of people who are like, oh, did I need the adult book? Oh, man, do you need the adult book? <laughs> okay, even, so how, even sorry, if you have, ex uh, sorry, um, even if you have experience, grab the adult book, because you never know what it's going to hand you that you didn't think of. That's my right. And I like <laughs> it. And how do, do you have any tips or best practices for picking a journey slash helping girls pick what journey to do? Give them the information. Okay, Girl Scouts puts out a thing on their uh, a thing on their site that says this is the journeys for this level and this is what they're all about. You can take that and Xerox it without the name of the journey, without the picture, or you can rewrite it. But pretty much, it's written in a way that you can just white out 
the name of the journey or you know, do something so you can make a copy of this without the actual title of the journey, without something that specifically says this is what you're covering or whatever. And you can give them that information and then say, which one do you want to do? Which one looks interesting? Also, if you have girls that are like, I'm begging to do XYZ badge. Oh, I'm begging to do, you have girls that are begging to do badges about art. They want to do art. They want to do outdoor art. They want to do indoor art. They want to do clay art. They want to do blah, blah, blah. Well, then look for the journey that incorporates more art. Look at those, the, um, again, the stuff is online. It's on the Girl Scout site. You can look up the journeys. You can look up the topics and you can even look up the steps and look for the one that says, and you're going to do an art project about, or look for the one that says you're going to do this, which you suddenly in your brain think, oh, wow, we could do an art project with that. My girls are totally into art. That's a good journey. If you're starting out and you would rather pick a journey that you would be comfortable with and you think the girls would totally like, especially with daisies. Um, I mean, obviously to me, daisies start with a daisy garden because it's about the Girl Scout law. Uh, but then you have choices. Then you have other choices. And if you have little girls in daisies who are like, oh, my computers and my, and my robots and my this and my that, well, kind of obvious what direction you're heading with your journey. But if you have girls who are like, oh my gosh, can we make a garden? Can we dig in the dirt? Can I go pick flowers? Well, then you're headed towards between earth and sky. Because it just makes sense. And in the DAISY program, you are doing more leading. You are doing more organizing and what have you. And you want to do things where the kids are going, oh, yeah, let's totally do that. With the cadets, you're saying, all right, here's the outline for the various choices. Which one do you want to do and why? I always ask why. If they tell you it's the one that looks the easiest, follow that up with another why. <laughs> Sometimes my kids go into zone out mode. They're like, they're burnt on school. They're burnt on a million things. They've had a million projects and they're going, I don't want to work that hard right now. You need to know that because journeys are sometimes work. And so maybe you need to stretch it out more. Maybe you need to not do that at your next meeting. Maybe you need to do it but make sure it's all about discussion and you're bringing chips and salsa or popcorn and your whole journey meeting is chatting about subjects while eating. They like that. They like that a lot. <laughs> um, always ask why. Why do you want this journey? Why are you making this choice? What do you think? And even with the daisy journeys and the brownie journeys that are more direct, more follow this general pathway and the daisies that are like, you need to do these steps. You need to do them however you want to, but you need to do these steps. You can look at the kids and go, how did that go? Was that okay? What would you do different? What did you like? What did you not like? And when you get the answers, don't take them personally. Kids have a lot of opinions, a lot of very strong opinions. They're not necessarily aimed at you. Sometimes you'll, you don't really want to say, what did you not like? Because you kind of know the answer already. Ask anyway. Kids also generally have very good hearts. 
you get some who are in a bad mood who are happy to take it out on you because you're safe. Remember that too. You're a Girl Scout leader. You're safe. You're the place that they have immense safety because you're not going to give up on them and they know that. So don't take it personally and ask what worked, what didn't work and make plans from there. If they really like talking about stuff, then do more talking. The journey topics are totally geared towards topic, talking. Not that I can do it. They're big time conversation topics and you can do a whole journey without ever putting pencil to paper, without ever putting glue on anything. Um, even daisies. I had a bunch of daisies that I did one particular step in a journey and I had brought you know, glue, popsicle sticks, fuzzy things, blah, blah, blah. We never got to them. They loved to talk and they were very happy because I let them roll around on the floor and, or not really let them, but, you know, I was totally cool with them laying on the floor and rolling around and sticking their feet in the air and, and whatever, because they would talk. The whole time they're doing all these crazy manipulations of their body, they're talking and they're telling me a million things about the topic and discussion and asking questions and blah, and almost an hour went by and the leader's like, okay, let, you know, we're going to hit the wrap up. We're going to start doing this. The girl's like, what? What? But we just started. We didn't do any, what? And then, you know, they're looking at their clock. They're like, oh my gosh, because they were into it. They're, that was their thing, you know, and the leader, as, after the girls are gone, the leader was like, I didn't realize they like to talk that much. I mean, they're great talkers. Don't get me wrong. They like to talk, but I didn't realize they could stay on topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's probably, especially with younger girls, but I think with all the ages, it's probably got to be a mix, right? If you have a meeting oh, yeah. that's really talking centric, the next meeting might have to be more hands-on and then, you know, you can switch it up a little bit. But yeah, I think that's it all might. really good point. Again, it totally depends on your troop. True. Pay attention true, to the true. troop. I, my, oh my gosh, my older girls troop, they never did anything but talk, but they earned a million things. When it had to get hands-on, I got groans. No, guys, you wanted to do the first aid badge. That's why we bought all this stuff. They're like, oh, that's hilarious. you know, I said, it's okay. One of you can pretend to be the body on the floor. Oh, totally me. Totally me. Flop. You know, <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> then. Okay. So I have another one for you and I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with it, but I'm going to ask it anyways, because I think it's an important question. Um, how long should troops spend on journeys? Cause I, especially compared to regular badge work, because I think that, you know, if you plug, if you use the VTK and you plug that in as part of your year plan, it can sometimes spit back like eight, 10, 12 sessions. It's mm -hmm. going to take half a year or a whole year to get through this journey. And then of course there's a journey in a day option, you know, if you watch your program calendar, if you're on in a Facebook group or something. So how long are journeys supposed to take? Ask your troop. <laughs> Um, I really think that that's about the girls. Um, I feel that so strongly. Uh, there are girls that rip right through things. They are get to the point. Let's get this done. Let's, you know, move through here, blah, blah, blah. And you give them a topic and they will go and they will spend that meeting and they will uh, pound away at it. 
and, and then they're good with moving on because they have covered a lot of information. And there are troops that they would rather do three or four different things in a meeting. They would like to do, okay, off the top of my head, they would like to do an art project and a discussion topic. They would really like to eat. They, of course, all that stuff can be put in a journey, but they meander. They meander more. Um, and I, I have talked to a lot of leaders who are like, oh, we need to get a journey done for our higher award. And we have like four weeks left. I'm like, then tell the girls that. Then ask the girls what to do next. Are they serious about this higher award? And are they wanting to do it? Because they will do that journey in the four weeks that are left. If their drive is behind it, they'll do it. It's not a problem. That's the whole idea behind girl-led is what do the girls think? Um, it used to be by girls for girls. We haven't changed that. Um, ask them, tell them, inform them, and have discussions with them. If you're working with the girls, you'll never have to work against the girls. Okay, I want to just real quick. I really think that if you are approaching what people are calling journey in a day, that you need to be aware that this started as journey in a weekend. And again, I think trying to do a journey in a day, wow. I don't know that you can cram, and I do mean cram, that much into just a Saturday. I think that you probably can with a couple of the journeys. Some of them are a little more open, but you don't allow yourself any time to go on tangents. You don't allow for any downtime and you don't allow for any flexibility. But when you're talking about a weekend, say Friday night, all day Saturday, and then Sunday morning, you do allow some time for that. You do have a place where the girls can have downtime when they suddenly go, oh, what about this? And their brain starts those tangents. They may not go on the tangents during that weekend, but if their brain picks up on them, a lot of them will take those tangents after the weekend, especially when they're looking for their take action project. You've just given them the opportunity to think of take action projects by allowing them that downtime in the process of the journey. So to me, at least, it really depends on the journey because I could see an engineering journey, especially like a daisy engineering journey or whatever, being a Saturday, totally. They're, not nearly as gigantic or huge. I, as I said, I tend to work with the older girls. So I think, you know, more information. Um, but uh, yes, the daisies can probably do a journey in a Saturday, but please don't do that to the cadets and older. Give them the process time that they need in the middle of the process to take at least a five minute mental tangent because you will be doing them a huge favor when they have to think of a take action project. That's my blur. I <laughs> think I think that's all great advice. I typically try not to come right out and say that to people, oh, you're doing something wrong because as long as you're meeting safety requirements, I typically think there's no wrong way to be a Girl Scout, but longtime I, listeners of my podcast know I'm all about the outcomes of GSLE. That is what it's about for me. And yeah. I have a hard time with believing that you're going to have as high impact of an opportunity 
in a Saturday. So I'm very much inclined to agree with I you. I think you can with the tiny ones because they're not going to give you Friday through Sunday. <laughs> no Daisy is going to do a Friday through Sunday thing just in general. They don't have that kind of attention span. That, that doesn't exist for them. And Brownie's just barely getting to Friday, Saturday. That's a third grade thing. You know, third graders, yeah, could do a Friday to Saturday. But juniors need Friday to Saturday. They need an extended time. That's why you camp for extended times with them. Not, you know, this tiny little amount, but a bigger amount. And the older girls need more time. They just need more time. And remember that teenagers, you're, you're literally dealing with a physical aspect of teenagers in that their frontal lobe is struggling at a, at occasional times. So it takes them longer to think of things, you know, and it's a physical challenge, not, not an intellectual one, really. It's, you ask a question, be prepared to wait a couple, you know, hang on, they're processing, it's in there, it's moving through. You can look at them and see it, but it doesn't emerge immediately, not all the time. So give them the weekend, give them a long-term processing time because many teenagers will hit a topic on Saturday morning and it will suddenly click for them on Saturday night. <laughs> and I'm sure many people have seen this with their kids, with other people's kids, you know, at, at various times. It takes them time to register what comes next or oh wait i could go down this road with that and that's related to that oh yeah it, it takes time for the light bulb to go off so give them that time give them that that process don't ask them to go hey saturday morning i'm done because a lot of them will go home and struggle and that's not the part that you see that's not the end result that you want. And I think that's maybe why some of the kids are going, oh, well, nobody listens to me. So it's like, it's not that nobody listens. It's not that they don't want to hear. It's that maybe they were moving too fast. Or maybe you didn't have the opportunity you needed. And, you know, if girls are listening, I want to say, speak up, speak up. Even if you need to say, hey, I need to come back to that, say that. Let people know that. Because even if you have to come back to it later by yourself, that's a great thing. That's a cool thing. That's always good. I love that. I know some, some people do listen to this with their daughters. So um, there may be girls listening. So that's great advice. Okay, let's touch on take action projects. So some, some general discussion points. How big should a take action project be? How, what is the difference between take action and service projects? Does that matter when it comes to journeys? And how do you know when you're on the right track? And also, who's coming up with the ideas? Do you need to come up with ideas as a leader for take action projects? How much do you plan in advance and how much do girls come up with their own ideas and their own plans? Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I was trying to scratch a couple of things. Okay, take action projects. First of all, there's the impact process. Um, is it something that it's the one and done? Going back to that. Is it just done and over with? and you did it? Or is it something that changes the world? And sometimes my vocabulary is a little bit old style because that's where I come from. When it's like a mini higher award is a good way to look at it. You have lots of outlines for doing a higher award. Take a look at those. That's where you're aiming. That's 
what you're setting kids up for. And girls should look at those in terms of looking at a take action project because that's what they're practicing for. You're practicing to take on the bronze award project. Um, so as a leader, you can look at a bronze award project or a silver award project or even a gold award project, even though a gold award project is humongous take action project. Um, you can look at those and say, what does this tell me about where I'm going with this later? Is it going to be sustainable or is it going to be a one and done? I love the word sustainable in one respect in that it gives you a definition, but it can also be a tough word in terms of what that definition means. My encounter with it, for the most part, has been, does it keep going in some way, shape, or form? Does it make a difference? Does it change the world? Not in terms of like, opening up another country or whatever. That's humongous. And that's not even, you know, gold award. That's like way beyond. It's if you walk away and you come back in five years, is someone going to remember that you did this? Is someone who was affected by it going to say, oh yeah, that, that was cool. That's a really good evaluatory tool. Um, and you can look at that yourself. You can say, is this, you know, when my kid comes to me and says, I have an idea, you say to them, okay, what's your idea, right? And how is that changing something? And even if you know how that's changing something, ask them, always ask them, always communicate because the kid's great idea may be great and you can totally see it, but the less you feed information to them, the more they will learn. And a kid who's got to take action project that they really want to do is going to know how it changes things because that's part of really wanting to do it. Um, that excitement will come more from how they're going to change things than from the actual project themselves. It can be a short project. I have never taken issue with something that only took an afternoon or even an hour. I'm trying to think. Uh, I think about the shortest I ever encountered was a kid who wanted to build some beehives. Uh, she was super into tools and she was like begging her dad to let her use the power tools. And she actually was the breathe journey. And she went, dad, 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 we got to build a beehive. We got to change things. We got to, we got to save the bees. And her dad was like, okay. And you know, that was a take action project because in the end, and what, what she didn't realize heading into it, but I did, was she built the beehive, but then she had to learn how to run the beehive and what to do with it and where to go with this thing next and uh, now what? And you know, she got her plans all out for the beehive and I said, okay, where is this going? Where are you putting this? Oh yeah. And who's running it? Because you can't just put it in the backyard and leave it there. I can't. Uh, can you? Can you really do that with a beehive? Oh, I don't know. Well, go find out. Oh, look, more research, more learning. Okay, well now we're on, you know, multiple hours that she's thinking this is a one hour project and it turns into about a 10 hour project. 
because once she actually built it, she had had to do all the research. She had had to learn how to do it. She had to figure out the plan. She had to figure out who was running it. She had to figure out where the beehive was going. She had to figure out what turned out to be. She had to communicate with beekeepers and she actually ended up building them a beehive that she then gave to them because it made way more sense than her doing it in the backyard ultimately. But she, again, she established a relationship with these beekeepers and the beehive is still there and the bees are growing, the uh, colony is growing and it turned into this really cool thing. But don't stop at a, I guess what I'm saying is don't stop at a take action project because it looks tiny. Don't assume it's tiny. Look at it and ask yourself if it's really tiny or if there's going to be a, more that you end up needing to do with it that the kid just isn't seeing yet. Now, you as an adult have a different perspective on things than kids sometimes. The kid goes, I'm building a beehive. And you might look at them and go, wow, you're just building it. But that's just building a beehive. Well, not necessarily, because there's 37 questions around that beehive that need to be answered. And that's where the learning's coming in. So my whole perspective on any take action project is don't say no, say why, say what if, say, oh, yes, and um, that theater background comes in every once in a while. There's a, there's a saying in improv theater that you never say no. You always go with the other person. And I actually end up using it in Girl Scouts a lot because the answer is always yes and even when it gets weird, even when it gets crazy, even when it gets wild. Anybody who's watched, you know, whose line is it anyway will tell you things can get wacky. But if you're saying yes and, it goes somewhere. And um, I think one of the biggest grumps I hear from adults who have been in scouting for a long time is that they came up with this project and someone said no. Like, well, I'm only going to say no if it's dangerous, if it involves danger to you, if it involves threat. Otherwise, I'm going to say yes. And what about what else? What can you? Is that a good idea? <laughs> Is that going to work? What could you do instead? All those open-ended questions, all those, all those learning questions, um, uh, growth mindset, think growth mindset. How, where can you take this? And how big is going to depend on where they take it? How much work it takes is going to depend on where they take it. Who's in charge of it? The girl. That's easy. The girl. You are their support system. Definitely. And they need a support system. They're a girl. They're not an adult. There are papers they can't sign. There are things that they're not going to be able to pay for. Who's going to pay for it? How, oh, the troop? Well, gosh, you're one person out of eight. How are we going to do that? Did you need money from the troop? How are you going to get that? Okay, what else are you going to do? It's totally about the open-ended questions. And what happens is when you hit the take action projects with the open-ended questions, then when they get to the bronze award, they're ready because they already have had all those open-ended questions. And half of them will be answered by the time they bring their bronze award idea back. And Typically, a bronze award is the whole troop. So if you've got a whole troop of girls who are used to questions being asked and who are used to needing flexibility 
and who are used to looking at thinking in terms of growth mindset, you're looking at a group of girls who, when asked to do a gigantic project altogether, will take that on and share it. And they'll take it on and ask those questions of each other. Um, Daisy take action projects can still come from the girls. Girls have things that they very, very much like to do, to be, to have, things like that. They have interests. So if you're doing, you know, the daisy garden and you say to the girls, wow, we're supposed to do something that makes a change, that makes a big change in the world and makes people know that we did something. And we've been talking about a garden. We've been talking about flowers and and dirt, but we've also been talking about a lot of ideas. What are the ideas that we've been talking about? The Girl Scout law, remember that? What are the pieces of that? Well, now you're going to get all that back. Now you're going to sum up the journey. You're going to get all those pieces of the law back to you. Wow, those are a lot of ways that we can change the world. Is there one or two of those that make a really big difference in your life that you'd like to do something with? And depending on the size of your daisy troop, because often daisy troops can be really big, you may end up with two different take action projects because you might end up with a group of girls that really want to dig in the dirt and a group of girls that want to have nothing to do with digging in the dirt. (laughs) And both of those are good. Um, Remember that it's okay to flex your meeting times, work with your parents, communicate with your parents. Parents are getting girls involved in Girl Scouts for the most part because they want to give them opportunity. And so you can say to them, hey, I've got a group of five girls that really want to dig in the dirt and do something with affecting a garden. Um, Now, this is where the adults in a daisy perspective come in, in that the adults are going to need to find a garden. Unless you have this amazing daisy who knows about a garden, that's probably going to fall in adult territory where the adults go, okay, which garden? And the adults go, maybe with the daisies, maybe without. It all depends on who you're approaching and approach the person to talk about what garden you're doing. Maybe you're creating window boxes for a senior center and you can bring the daisies to the senior center to talk to the people in charge. And, you know, five cute, adorable little daisies going, we want to build you window boxes. Would that be okay? Probably going to get to build the window boxes. (laughs) I don't know too many people who can turn that one down. Um, You know, if you can bring the girls and involve them in it, yeah, do it. Even though maybe it's a little more disorganized than you would like the requesting to be, go for it. Because those daisies and those brownies who go with you to ask the questions learn how to ask the questions and they learn how to talk to other people and they learn how to go out into the world and take their ideas out into the world. So every piece of it that the girls can be involved in, even if it's adult-led piece, if you can possibly involve the girls, involve the girls, do it, go for it. Because they just get stronger and they just get better at this stuff. And you end up with a troop of ambassadors that you're like, so I'm over here. Let me know what you need. You know, and you lean over to your coworker, your co-leader and go, so how was your day? You guys okay? Yeah, we're okay. Okay, cool. So blah, 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 blah. You know, chat with the co-leader and the kid comes up to you and goes, so we're planning a camping trip and we want to know when you guys can go. Yep. Okay. Those days, those days. Great. Okay. We'll get back to you. And it's the kids 
you know, the girls, the ambassadors, the seniors coming to you and going, we got this camping trip going on. We're doing this. And you're like, that's great. This is my availability. They go super. And they walk away again. Yeah, you're done. Golden armchair. We're set because you have raised up girls that know what they're doing. They know how to run this stuff. They know how to ask the questions. They know how to plan the stuff. And those are the troops that you're seeing where you're seeing these gold awards come out or these take action projects come out where you're like, they did what? Oh, wow. But it's because they were part of the process when they were younger. They were part of the discussion when they were younger. They were part of the learning. And it's okay if you're a, an adult and you're still learning. You should be still learning, especially, especially if you're a new Girl Scout leader. You should still be learning. You look at the girls, you go, I don't know that. I have no idea what the answer to that is, but we'll find out. And the Daisy goes, ah, oh, take action project. I get it. We got to change the world. I want to ship computers to blah, blah, blah country. Wow. That is huge. And that is awesome. And I wonder if they need computers. That would be an interesting thing to find out. You know, I'm not sure we're ready to take that on without a whole lot more investigation, but don't stop wanting it. We will talk about that and we will get to that. And it might be when you're a cadet. It might be when you're a senior. You know, those big girls that you saw at the event. Yeah, they're doing things like that. So don't lose it. What could you, you at, at your age, in your grade, what could you do right now? If you're into computers, maybe it's something to do with computers. What could you do? What have you done? Have you put notes on people's desks? Have you written cards to teachers? Do you write thank you cards? Oh yeah, you do, me too. Wow, thank you cards are really important, aren't they? Hmm, who can we write thank you cards to? You've just redirected them, but you haven't cut them off. You haven't stopped them from being into computers. You haven't stopped them from shipping computers to blah, blah, blah country, but you've redirected them down to their size and their manageability and their approachability to a task. And that's the hard part and you will screw it up. <laughs> I'm just going to blatantly and bluntly say that <laughs> you will screw it up. <laughs> I can't tell this, you that how many times. <laughs> this whole conversation has been amazing. I feel inspired <laughs> and happy. I want to go do more journeys with my girls. I hope anybody listening feels the same. Um, and rest assured, this is not the end of the journey conversation on this podcast. We have so many other people who can share perspectives and stories that hopefully will keep on inspiring you that this is something you can take on in a fun and effective way for you and your girls that they're going to get a lot out of it and they're going to um, not feel like they're just sitting in another school lesson or, or just reading a book or feeling yeah. bored. There's so many ways to go above and beyond and hopefully this podcast helped you see that. Um, so I just want to thank everybody who is listening. And I especially want to thank you, Lisa, for taking the time and sharing all these stories and all this wisdom with us. And um, as I said before, guys, she's going to be back.